Hey, what's up, y'all? So in this episode of the podcast, we sit down with Doc Rowe, who is a medical student in Kansas City, Missouri. He did some super awesome and interesting things while in his gap years, including working for the CDC. And he had just overall a really interesting journey as a pre-med. And I think you guys are going to really learn a lot from our conversation and get inspired by his journey. So I hope you enjoy. So my name is Roald. I am a first year um med student i just finished my first semester um i I mean there's not really much to talk about i feel like we'll get to that if you ask me any questions um i go to kansas city university it's a do school um and i guess yeah that's me awesome man um how was your like process of like deciding that medicine was for you sure um i guess it started um, back in high school, I always kind of wanted to be, I know some, something in the medical field for sure. There's some parental influence there. Um, I was teetering between that and being a dentist back in high school, I think, and then decided before college that, you know what, if I'm going to go that route and put all, all those years in, I think I'd much rather be a doctor. Um, so in college, I was pre-med, came in, went to the University of Texas, um, was a biochemistry major, um, and yeah, I just, I, it's always what I wanted to be. And I just kept at it. Awesome, man. Um, so it sounds like you were deciding between dentistry and medicine for a little bit, but in the end you decided that medicine was the route that you wanted to pursue. And like, um, how were like the pre-med years in college for you? Oh yeah. Um, that was tough. I mean, I think a lot of us a lot of us are in med school now, like back in high school, that kind of came pretty naturally to all of us. So top of my class, went to the, got to college, and then that was a little bit tougher where you actually have to kind of study, right? Um, so I started off my first semester, and that, that was kind of rough, uh, getting, just getting used to the college courses. Um, and then I thought I was going to switch majors. I wasn't sure if I, I could do it. Um, I actually ended up finishing... Um, a semester early, um, but, and I finished, I wasn't sure what I, w- I wanted to do, and that's how I ended up in my master's program, um, and kind of went that route, but, but in the end, I was like, you know what, I still want to be a doctor, I still want to go to med school, so I just kept at it, finally applied, and here we are now. Awesome, man. Um, I'm really interested to hear about, like, um, that situation that you were in where you were like kind of on the fence as to whether or not you still wanted to do med school like what was that decision making process like right you know what i mean okay yeah so um where do i even start so i think back in let's say my last my senior year junior year senior year of college um I kind of had, I I remember just sitting one day and deciding, wait, I should probably take the MCAT soon (laughs) if I'm trying to go to med med school. And then I was like, you start kind of planning for that. Oh, well, I need to probably take like a prep class and then have like a couple of weeks of study for it. But I am not ready right now because I'm taking all these upper division classes. So I want to do that in like four months. And I had like this aha moment of, wait, I I can't take that before, um, before I actually graduate. So I ended up applying to a certificate program at the School of Public Health um, back home. So I'm from Houston. I went to college in Austin. Um, so I ended up doing a, it's like a six class 
five class uh, certificate program, um, healthcare management um, in the School of Public Health at the graduate level. I ended up really, really liking it. So I focused on that and ended up um, applying to their master's program. And, uh, and I committed to that full year and a half, two years there. And I, I just like fell in love with, with, with public health. Uh, I, I knew that I kind of wanted to integrate that, whether with, with just that career or kind of moving forward to, to medicine in general, um, like also in medicine. Um, but after kind of working with doctors and we did a lot of axonic projects with external partners um, in like healthcare settings, I was like, you know, I still really like that clinical side. I think that's still what I want to do. So like midway through that program, that's when I decided, decided to, to like take the MCAT, um, get my application together, apply that cycle. Um, so when I finished, I was able to go to med school. And that, that's kind of um, how that happened. So I guess for me, it's just like really honing in and deciding that, wait, that's actually what I want to do. So I should go for it. Um, it's not. And at that point, nobody was like forcing me to go into medicine or forcing me to to get another degree. Right. It's not like parental influence. It's not friends. It's just I, I think one thing that we all have in common in, in med school is that we all want to be there at this point. Right. Like nobody's doing this because they don't want to or they're being forced. Mm -hmm. At least not a majority of us just because it, it is so tough. But, but yeah, that's kind of how that that all played out. Yeah, I think that's such an interesting story, especially because like you did that certificate program and then you're like, oh, wait, this is really cool. I'm going to check this out and do this master's and see what it's like. Like going into the master's, did you think that like were you still considering medicine at that point or were you like all in on the public health? I mean, I was uh, both. Yeah, I mean, I don't think medicine ever left. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I think it's always kind of there, but it's, it's a matter of um you're kind of stuck in this weird thing where I, I finished early than, than all my friends as far as like undergrad. Mm -hmm. And then a semester later, they're all finishing up getting like real, real jobs, I say, because, you know, like their their degrees don't require higher education, education. And you're sitting there like, well, I still kind of have like this. I'm still in school. Um, it's just a certificate program. So I don't really have like a like a like a full master's degree. Is this what I want to do? Um, and I was like, no, I still kind of really want to be a doctor. I still want that. Uh, I still want to want to get into medicine, so I I now have I just added public health into that as opposed to it being like a substitute for medicine. Um, so early on, I was um, I I was really like trying to focus more on the clinical side, and it's nice because um, I don't know if you're familiar at all with um, public health, but a lot of schools will do it as cohorts, so you're there all day, blah blah blah. But my school was a little bit different; they catered to a lot of professionals. So a lot of our classes were five to nine. So there, my classes, there's a lot of people that that were in their residencies in the med center here in, in, in Houston. So wow. I, I mean, I, I so I spoke with a lot of um, current residents, people that were attendings that decided, hey, wait, I still, I, I find some benefit in this MPH. Um, and I was like, you know what? I could really merge these two fields. Um, so I, I mean, pretty early on in that, uh, in my MPH, I, I knew I also wanted to, to keep apply or apply finally apply and, and try to get into med school. Dude, that's so cool how like you took these master's classes with like residents and doctors and stuff. Like, do you think that that was like a, a pretty like influential experience for, for you? Like being able to interact with them almost daily and like get their input? Oh, for sure. And, and I have a, one of my really good friends, um, from high school he's now in a master's program in a different school and they do kind of a cohort program where all of them um 
like take the same classes and, and spread out throughout the day. So a lot of them came from like an like an, an they just got their bachelor's and then now they're in this program, and and that's nice and all, but the way my program was set up, you have all these people that were like healthcare managers or, or they've um, worked at safety net clinics and I have all these surgeons and I have um, all these people in internal medicine. And when you're talking and you're discussing like public health issues, it's nice to have people with actual experience in the healthcare field. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was, it was awesome. Just, just people from di such a diverse background and, and such diverse experiences, um, to be in that class, in that classroom setting. And then, like I said, just being like, Oh wait, wow. I, that's something I still want to really, really do and, and seeking, seeing this person talk and they're a doctor and yeah. Dude, that's so cool. I mean, like, it, you know, I'm all about like mentorship and stuff and like, was there like right. one person in particular that you feel like was extremely influential that you can think of? I wish there was. I don't think there was there. I, not from, not from, not really. Um, I think that's where my journey was a little bit different. I don't think, um, I wish there was, cause that'd, that'd be a good story, right? Um, <laughs> to, to be like, oh, I had met this doctor when I was a kid or um, when I was, I had like this really good um, mentor back in college or even my master's program. No, I, I think for me, it was just like a little bit of seeing how doctors interact and like, like my classroom in the classroom or just like knowing what they do and just like really deciding that that's what I want to do. Um, so a lot of it was um, really self-motivated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm glad that you uh, brought that up because I think a lot of people are coming from a similar place. Like they don't have like a go-to person right. to like guide them or like someone in the family to like guide them and tell them, oh, hey, like you have to start thinking about the MCAT and stuff like that. So um, how was like navigating the whole pre-med process for you, you know, because oh, like, my gosh. I'm sure like it's much more difficult when there isn't like a mentor that you could just like ask all your questions and get all the answers, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I think um, it's even harder if you go to like a large university because they're so focused on just trying to get you to graduate, right? <laughs> oh, that four year, like gets you through that four years because that's what they really care about. And then they have... Um, I mean, I loved my school, but the the pre-med um, advisors there or the pre-health advisors were just not, um, they weren't sufficient, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of it was, was just like doing it on my own, reading stuff online. So getting through it. Um, so I wish there was somebody, right? Just to, to talk about like, oh, well, this is the timeline or make sure you, you submit your applications early. Um, make sure you're... Um, you get your letter of recommendations in line, you should use this platform and blah, blah, blah. Um, cause, cause the way we just, just the way the application process has application cycle here in the U S that's just, that's like a, a beast on its own. And just navigating that is tough. Yeah, dude. I mean, like if you think about it, you're like basically almost serving as that sort of person with your like social media platform and stuff. You're on Instagram. Right. Uh, what's your Instagram handle for the listeners? Uh, Oh yeah, it's doc.row underscore. So doc dot ro underscore. Awesome. And are you on like any other like social media that people can like hit hit you up on? Um, like Twitter for now, I think like that's that? all good. Okay. No, cool. not yet. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, w what you said is so true. You know, like the application process is like insane. Like, I remember I was in like similar shoes as you. Like, I was in my junior year, like near the end, and I was like. 
hmm, I should probably take the MCAT soon, you know? And then I was right. like, well, it's kind of late to take it now and like not do gap years and stuff, you know? But um, mm -hmm. yeah, man, it's tough, you know? And especially with that big college vibe, you said you went to UT Austin? Right, yeah. I heard that's like a, a, a pretty big um, pre-med school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking OCHEM class was like 400 people and there's multiple sections of that. And it's just like you try to get a letter of recommendation and it just feels so like, how is this even happening? The professor has no idea who you are. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, on that topic, you know, for people who uh, graduate and end up starting med school like two or three or four years after they graduated from undergrad, um, the mm -hmm. like the whole letter of rec uh, process can be sort of difficult because it's been so long since we interacted with our professors, you know, like how did you sort of navigate that? Oh, that's actually good. I wanted to talk about that. Um, that was one of the toughest things, I think, for getting my application together. That was the most, that was the one thing that I was absolutely insecure about. Um, because like, like I was already kind of alluding to, you, you're in this ginormous classes. Um, you're encouraged to like, oh, go to office hours, talk to, talk to your professor, get to know them. Um, but they know you're in these science classes. They know half the, like what, 75% of the class are pre-med. They know you're trying to get it for the letter. If the letter, it felt kind of inorgan inorganic for me. Um, mm -hmm. um, so graduating, like the, the latter part of my, my senior year, I was like, I can't apply this cycle because I know I don't have any letter of recommendations and you need a certain number of them and like certain places, right? Because you usually need like one from science, one from non-science, blah, blah, blah. Um, so for me in grad school, I went, it was a much smaller school, um, and it's a much smaller cohort. So I was able to get one letter of recommendation there. Um, and then I got, I was working at a, I was working for re, uh, like a research group for while I was in grad school. So I ended up getting a letter of recommendation from my PI and I was actually stuck and I had everything else prepared. Like I had my, um, my personal statement i had i mean like literally everything else and it and some schools that requ just require that you have a um like a science professor usually from your undergrad mm -hmm. um to write you a letter of recommendation and that was the one thing that um was keeping me from applying so i guess if i had to give an advice um i would say just start emailing people um, I mean, you don't want to make that your first choice, right? Because you want a glowing letter of recommendation, mm -hmm. um, which would have been preferred. That would have been nice. But I, I thought and I was thinking, I was like, you know what? I, I literally have everything else. I'm not going to not apply just because I don't have that one letter of recommendation. Yeah. So I started just cold, cold. I literally just sent out a bunch of emails um, for my, like all the professors that I took for like upper div biochemistry at UT. Um, I mean, the worst thing that can happen is that they'll say no. Yeah. Second worst thing is that they won't answer. I got somebody to finally was like, hey, I'm more than willing to write that. I remember your name. Um, I can't write much about it. If you could find somebody else, like, that, they'll probably be better. But if you just need this, because I know how, like, graduate uh, schools are, I know how med school is, um, that you just need that letter of recommendation from a science professor, I'm more than happy to say that um, uh, he took this class, this class was rigorous, and this was his grade. Um, and I don't think, I mean, that, that was not by any means glowing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think it, I don't think it hurt me. I mean, I got some acceptances from it. So, um, I guess, again, my advice is just like, ask somebody, somebody's mind to say, yes. Um, don't let that be the one thing that stops you. 
Nice, dude. I'm so glad that we're having this conversation because I think the whole like letter of rec thing, especially for people who take even just one or two gap years, it can get tough, right. you know? And I think you're so right. Like it reaches a point where you just have to email a bunch of people and see who's down. You know what I mean? And like, right. um, yeah, like maybe it's not going to be like the most ideal letter or the most glowing letter of rec, but I mean, like, like if you just wait to apply it like another year, that's just more time that is being spread apart from like since you took those classes to now when they're trying to write the letter, you know? So I think what you said is, is exactly right. You just gotta hit people up, see who's down. And I mean, yeah, that's awesome, man. I, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's definitely not worth waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, um, and you mentioned that you got a, a letter from your masters as well. Correct. So for like people who do like a post-bac program or like a master's program, they, they're also going to be able to get some letters from their, the programs that they do after they graduate. And that's awesome. Um, so uh, I think I saw on your Instagram that you did some work with the CDC. What was that like? Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. So it wasn't the CDC proper, I guess. Um, but so for grad school, I worked at a... Um, pediatric hospital here um, for those who are not familiar Houston has a pretty extensive uh, medical center so I worked at Texas Children's Hospital um, there was a research group there um, that was part of a larger network and like shameless plug for them I guess uh, the okay. CDC has a network called um, new vaccine surveillance network NVSN you google it. Um, it it's part of a like seven sites or seven different pediatric hospitals across the country and they do active surveillance um, on um, flu vaccines and rotavirus vaccines. So we just go to the emergency department and uh, um, inpatients and we look at people that have symptoms of those things, see if they have, um, or they, if they got those respective vaccines. And then we, we look at, we look back and see um, if, if, if those vaccines are working at a lot, much larger scale. Cause I mean, there's seven sites, we're enrolling a ton of kids eat, um, each day and this goes on year round. And I think it's been like 10 years that they've, they've been doing this. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was really cool. That's awesome, man. And so was that a part of your graduate uh, program or like, how did you like initially get involved with that? No, no, it's actually, um, I had a friend that was, um, that worked as a research assistant there. Um, and I ended up applying cause I needed something. I was thinking of applications. Mm -hmm. So at the time I worked at the Apple store and I was just like doing grad school and just like doing my own thing. And I was like, I have all the spare time because I worked part time. Um, so I wanted um, just like something else to add to, to my resume. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I, it is very public health ish. Right. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I, I was already loving the public health. So I applied for um, just like a part time gig. And when I went for an interview, she was like, we could really use a full time person. I ended up doing that full time. So I was working full time for almost a year and a half. Um, but like I said, my the way my graduate uh, school was set up. I was able to work like eight to five and then go to class at five and it was across the street. So it worked out well. Wow. I, I mean, it sounds like you were grinding at one point, man. Oh yeah. I felt like the last year before, um, med school I was, cause I was working eight to five a lot of days. And then all of our classes are set up to where it's five to eight in the, after, uh, in the evenings. Uh, when I was volunteering here and there. So 
it was busy. It's a different type of grinding that we're doing now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was busy. It's more like a hustle, you know, like you're like have like right. four or five balls in the air and you're like trying to balance everything. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you could go back, you know, like let's say you went back and you just graduated from UT Austin, you know, would you do anything differently? <sighs> would I? Bah, 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 bah. I mean, it would have been nice to have planned earlier and not take the two gap. Like, that's a tough question because, like, ideally, like, I feel like, oh, it would have been nice to have taken maybe just one gap year or not have taken any at all. Mm-hmm. But the way it worked out, um, I, I, as far as my applications, I wanted to build the story. I didn't want it to be just like, oh, personal statement. Here's my interview. Mm-hmm. Here are my letter of recommendations, right? I wanted, like, this cohesive... Um, kind of story of, of why I'm doing medicine. And I think it, the way my I ended up going to, to grad school and, and getting the job that I had with, with this research group, it all flowed and it all told that same story and it kind of gave a bigger picture of who I am. So like my freshman college self would have liked it to be faster, but where I am now, like it worked out and, and I'm glad it did because like in my interviews, I talk extensively about public health and and how in the future I would I would like to have a career that merges both of those and I would have had that if I didn't take those gap years so there's not really any regrets there it was just a different path than I thought I wanted there was it was just a different path than I thought I was going to take initially dude I'm so glad that you said that you know like you wanted everything to flow as like a cohesive story because that's like so real like I'm a firm uh, believer that the best applications are the ones that have themes, right? And when you take the time right. to kind of explore what you're passionate about, you're able to kind of uh, uncover these things that you end up being super interested in. And it sounds like for you, it was public health. Right. And like, you know, the way that I'm, that I'm just imagining in my head right now, like let's say you did not do a gap year and you went straight through, you may have never even discovered your huge interest in public health. Oh no, yeah, for sure. That's exactly right. And then I don't even like, if you take the public health out of that, like I don't even know what would be on my application except just grades. <laughs> and it felt so, it feels so empty and it doesn't have that personality that it did when I did apply. Um, but yeah. Dude, that's awesome, man. So in addition to the the public health stuff, what were some other things you think that you did that added that personality into your application? Oh, let's, let's see. Um, so da, 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 I wanted, one thing that I wanted to kind of push was that I was doing everything um, for a reason, that I wasn't mm-hmm. just doing a bunch of, um random like oh because you know as a pre-med you're you're expected to be volunteering you're expected to be um taking your classes better your gpa especially if you have a gap year right like gap years aren't just like take a mental break these days (laughs) so um so i wanted like for example like public health i wanted to be like oh i didn't take just public health while i was in well, I was taking a gap year. I wanted it because, oh, I, I took a little bit of it with the certificate class, ended up really loving it. And now I know that it works so well with medicine. So I kind of framed it in that sense. Um, when I got the job, when I was talking about the job, because I mean, I was working full time, right? Like, how do you explain 40 hours a week? Um, 
I, I focused a lot again with the public health that oh I, I care about about vaccines, especially now with with like the rise of the anti-vaxxers. Um, that's important. That's important in medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then I volunteered at MD Anderson, the cancer hospital um, here in town, um, like twice a week. And I didn't want to be just like oh I randomly did that for my application. And I, I talked about a lot. Well. Well, for this job that I'm doing, I work 40 hours a week. I'm sitting at a desk with no interaction. Um, so I, I volunteered uh, for something that's totally opposite of that, where I, I'm walking patients to surgery and working their family to to uh, to post-op. Um, and I wanted that human interaction. Um, so I kind of explained how I was sitting at my desk and then I go to this volunteer thing. And it was like, yeah, I've been kind of up all day for 15 hours, but the last three hours was a human interaction that I've been craving, right? Yeah. Um, and, and it also kind of talks about, and I talked about how um, medicine is not just a science, it's also um, kind of humanism. And I, I enjoyed that and I enjoyed both. Um, so I think framing um, for me was just like making sure that I everything I did had a purpose and it wasn't just like, oh, I did this random thing, look at me. Because sometimes that's, I, I feel like um, that's what these applications look like, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, what extracurricular activities are you in? Oh, I do this because... I need to be in something. <laughs> so just, just kind of like explain it. And, and there was a lot of things that I, I kind of didn't include. Like, oh, well, I did that like freshman year of, of college. Yeah, that's in college. So I could include it. But we're like six years down the line now. Is that as relevant as me volunteering um, at MD Anderson? No. So let me focus on that. And let me focus why I did that. So just making sure that you're, again, your, your story is cohesive and that you did everything purposefully. Yeah. I mean, it also sounds like you did a really good job of kind of, um, explaining your story and your journey in a way and kind of tying things together, you know. Um, and I think that's really important. I'm really glad that you touched upon that idea of having a cohesive story. And I mean, it's one thing to kind of do these activities and enjoy doing them. It's another thing to kind of get these feelings of enjoyment and passion onto the application in the form of like, you know, text and sentences and stuff. And I think that's awesome that you were able to do that. Um, I want to go back to the certificate that you did because like I know, you know, the typical pre-med personality, right? Like we like to be super organized and we like to have a plan and like, you know, plan ahead and stuff. Um, The process of deciding to do that uh, the public health certificate after graduating early. Mm-hmm. What was that mental process like for you? Like, were you like, all right, I'm just going to do this and see what happens? Or did you kind of think about it a lot? Because I think a lot of people, and I think myself included, if I put myself in your shoes, I would be a little hesitant to just jump into something and not know much about it, you know? So what was your decision process like? Because I think that's it's awesome that you did that. Yeah, pretty much that. Um, I think it was, for me, a part of me was like, well, you're not, there's no way that you're getting, like, you're applying in like two months, right? So you got to find something. There's got to be something because then you're looking at a true gap in your, um, like your gap years. So if I kind of think back, I was thinking then that if I've moved forward like two years and I'm sitting in an interview, if someone asks me, um, what did you do in this semester to graduate early? And I have nothing to show for it, mm-hmm. right? So I needed something there. And then I found I have, and I found this this program and I was like, well, I have mild interest in it already. Um, it works out there, it buys me some time. Um, so 
I think being like that, like like you said, that pre-med mindset, I was like, I have to be doing something because it looks so bad. Um, or I not necessarily bad. I will be questioned mm-hmm. otherwise. Otherwise, um, and it, it just it really just worked out that I ended up liking it more than I thought it would. That's awesome, man. Like you know, I think that's really admirable because like um, I don't know, like me uh, personally, and after having a lot of like conversations with mentees and stuff, a lot of us really like to be sure that something is going to help us like before we just dive into it. And it sounds like you kind of had this idea that you would be interested in it, but you still ended up just like pulling the trigger and going for it. And it, it ended up like working out spectacularly. And I think that's like so awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a little bit of a risk, but, <laughs> but, um, so you applied to med school and you mentioned that you got, you know, like a, a few different acceptances. Like what was that feeling like? It was good. I mean, the first one was like surreal. Um, even going back from that, I think my first med school interview, I just remember it like, wow, I'm actually interviewing for med school. I think just just that self-realization was cool. Like, oh, this is happening. Um, and then the first acceptance, which was nice. It's not the school that I go to now, but they, they did like an actual phone call from the dean. So mm-hmm. it, it felt nice. And I got this call at work and I was like, that, that's kind of weird. Um, so I go to like the break room, I, I answer and they're like, oh, is this you? And congratulations, or we'd like you to invite you to our class. And it, I mean, like, it was just like feelings that I didn't even know I had that were brewing just kind of all came out. And it was, it was good. It was I, something I think I, I'll never forget. And it's so worth it. Oh, that, dude, that's awesome, man. Um, and how was like the process of transitioning to med school for you? Oh, yeah. Um, a little bit different, I guess. A lot. Some people that took gap years and worked um, were kind of like, "Man, I, I have to study more." I mean, I there was definitely a learning curve on on how to study and the length of studying. I think the length of studying is um, what's really different about med school. And I tell my friends that now, especially when I came home from Thanksgiving, or to anybody that's not in medicine, right? Um, it's not necessarily the material. Like when I'm looking, when you're watching a lecture, and I, I know you probably agree. It doesn't seem like oh well that that all makes sense right it's not like these like super tough concepts it's the the amount of information and the pace of the information and then you go home and you have to just like really learn all of it so for me it was um sitting down and like oh having to do this for like 10 hours that was um really different because unlike a lot of people i i was in grad school and then i got into med school so i never really stopped there i had like a little bit of um school this whole time throughout my gap year. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to readjust to school, but I mean, the the work is definitely different because again, the pace and the amount of setting that we have to do is, is unbelievable. Dude, I would uh, agree with exactly what you're saying. Um, I'm in my second year myself and I really don't think that the content is like itself intrinsically difficult, but it's more so Mm -hmm. just the, the quantity, you know what I mean? And it's, and I think, yeah. you know, when you put it like that, you know, I think if you're able to get into med school, like, you know, do well in your undergrad classes and take the MCAT and get into med school, you're for sure smart enough to do well. At that point, it's not about, you know, your how smart you are. It's more about like, you know, how much effort are you willing to put in? You know what I mean? That's my perspective. Right, right. Because like um, a lot of people worry like, oh my gosh, like, what if I'm not smart enough for med school? But I mean, in my head, it's like, dude, 
honestly, like you just have to be willing to put in the effort to sit down and study when you have to study. I mean, that's just like the bottom line. Um, what's been like your favorite experience in med school thus far? What's the experience been? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, it's, like I said, it's tough. It's uh, draining, but I mean, it's worth it. And I think that's what I, I tell people that are kind of thinking about um, applying or going into medicine. Um, I, I would just say, just like really think about why, because I can't see somebody doing what we're doing if you're not passionate about it, right? Like if, if it's, if it's like just parental influence and you have no interest in being in medicine, you're just doing it for someone else. Um, there's no way you're sitting in that desk for 10 hours. Yeah. All right. It, a lot of us are like, man, we're exhausted, but this is really what I want to do. I, I really do want to, um, become a doctor. This is really, um, what I care about this, is where I see myself in the future. And then it gets easier to study. So it's, it's finding that intrinsic motivation, I think. Yeah, you know, I, I'm really glad that you explicitly stated that, you know, because that's one thing I'm really passionate about spreading is like, you know, you should only be doing this if you want to do it, you know, because right. like, I don't know about other people, but it's really hard for me to force myself to do things that I don't like or that I'm not interested in, you know, so I can't imagine someone forcing themselves to go to med school, not because they want it, but because, you know, another person in their life is like pushing them. And um, what do you think is something that people can do to kind of explore that interest and really figure out if medicine is for them? Oh, gosh. I mean, I feel like shadowing is good. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wish I had like one answer for you, but I feel like it's, it's just a lot of self-reflection. I think a lot of us don't do a lot of self-reflection. It's kind of problem on its own um, because even if you're shadowing, right, it'd be like, oh, wait, wow, that's really nice to be a doctor that way. Um, but everybody can say that, like, oh, it's cool to be a doctor. But then I think once you're actually doing it, um, I think that's when you start to find um, you, the, the true motivation. I mean, the, the application process itself is, like, tough enough, right? So mm -hmm. if you're doing that um, and you're, like, back and forth and you're doubting whether or not you should do it, um, I guess... I had a friend that was like kind of back and forth and I told him, um, if you are going back and forth because you're kind of insecure about certain parts of your um, application, um, but you know you want to be a doctor, go for it. But if it's the other way and you're like, you, you think you have a pretty solid um, application, but you're going back and forth because you don't know if that's what you want to do, then really question yourself. Again, it's just the motivation that will get you through it. I think without that, there's no way you're getting through the first two years. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one thing to kind of, you know, as like a, a pre-med question yourself in regards to like, am I going to be able to do what it takes to get in? Like, you know, but mm -hmm. I think like, you know, if you're questioning yourself as opposed to like, am I going to actually like this? You know, that's the more right. important question, because once you figure out if like whether or not you like it, if you do like it, you'll find that effort to work hard and like try and get in, you know? Um, right. And I think what you said about shadowing is super important. I mean, like, you know, I, like for me uh, personally, when I started shadowing, that's when I got like way more stoked and I got a lot of motivation, like, because you kind of 
finally see like you know what it's like as opposed to reading about it or watching videos on YouTube or watching a TV show mm -hmm. or hearing about it, right? You actually live it for like a few hours in a day or like a full day and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is so cool. Um, and you get stoked. And I mean, it, it makes you want to work harder, at least it did for me. You know, that was right. like a big thing that kind of lit a fire inside me and I was like, damn, I really want to do this, you know? Um, dude, awesome. Uh, so one piece of advice that you have for um, like anyone interested in medicine, what do you think? Um, I think I kind of gave it already and we were just talking about it. Um, just make sure it's what you want to do. Um, cause there's nowhere, I mean, it, it's years of years of just studying. I don't think the studying ever stops. I don't think there's, uh, I mean, they say it all the time in school, right? Lifelong learners. And I think it's kind of uh, cheesy, but it's also true. Like you're, you're doing this, you have your board exams, you have residency, like it doesn't stop anytime soon. Uh, so make sure you enjoy the process um, and make sure that's what you want to do and that, that, that know why you're doing it. Um, like for me, it's like, oh, well, I, I think we're underrepresented. Um, I'd like to see a doctor that looks like me. Um, I'd like somebody to be versed in the public health um, and also be in medicine, right? So I could be that person and that's why I'm doing it. So yeah, it sucks. It sucks now when you're studying 14 hours a day and and your friends are taking vacations, but make sure that your motivation is there and make sure it's what you want to do because it, it makes it all worth it. So I think just like having some time and self-reflecting, um, meditate on it, I guess. Awesome, man. Um, and if people wanted to get in contact with you, what would be the best way? Yeah, you could DM me on my, my Instagram, like I said. Um, email too, that's that's good. It's rolled, R-O-A-L-D dot my last name i know diado m-e-n-o-d-i-a-d-o at gmail yeah hit me up if you have any questions um non-traditional right non-traditional pre-meds or was a non-traditional pre-med more than happy to ask uh, answer any questions yeah man you're not a pre-med anymore you've made it you know yeah yeah i'm there yeah and you made it past the first semester as well you know so yeah. that's awesome yeah. man i mean i think you have a really awesome story bro like the whole idea of like just like diving into the uh the public health thing and how that ended up being a huge factor for you and um the whole non-traditional route i i think that's an awesome story man and you know i think a lot of people myself included right like we get caught up in like having like the most direct straight route but you know it's not always going to be a straight line and i i think a lot of people when they hear this are gonna feel a sense of reassurance that you know it's okay to you know, question yourself or it's okay to take some extra time to build a better application. And I'm really glad that you were able to take the time to have this conversation with me. I think a lot of people are gonna find some value in it, man. Yeah, for sure. And, and just to kind of piggyback off that, like talking to my friends now, I know they say that gap years are common, but it is way more common than you think. I think most of us had a gap gap year too it's i think the question now is not if you took a gap year but how many yeah <laughs> so don't don't be ashamed, like don't be ashamed of taking the gap years like do it it's good build put some personality in your applications yeah man dude thank you so much i really appreciate your your uh time i hope that you're able to spend some uh, quality time with your family and friends back home for the break um you guys yeah, sure. uh, go ahead and follow him on instagram it's D-O-C dot R-O underscore. Is that right? 
Yeah, that's right. Awesome. So go ahead and give them a follow. And if you guys have any questions, hit us up. And thanks so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. I think the listeners are going to love this. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thank you guys so, so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you could please share the podcast with your friends or anyone who you think would benefit from this sort of content, I would really appreciate it. If you could also go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, that would also be awesome. And if you could leave us a rating and a review as well, that would be super, super helpful. If you want to find me on Instagram, the username is at MedSchoolDylan. On Twitter, the username is also at MedSchoolDylan. If you want to find me on Facebook or LinkedIn, you can just search my first and last name, Dylan Tijam. And last of all, if you want to hit me up via email, my email address is dylandujam at gmail.com. I hope you guys enjoyed it and I'll see you all next week.